0: Welcome to Chef Bill's Table. Get together, your host Bill Kinslow from Jake's here in Flemington, New Jersey. And we get together every Monday around this time and also on Rewind to talk about food, beverages, uh, things of local interest. Things you might, good dinner conversation right at the table. No politics, no religion, just food and beverages. Uh, Got a nice uh, show today, a couple of local gentlemen, local businesses here in the area. Pete Nerscio from Black River Spice and Tea Company up in Toosbury, and Kane Fowler from Skunktown Distillers in Flemington, right on Miniconing Road. New business starting up here, and these two are related. If you think about distilled spirits, especially now with the uh, the boom in craft distilling and craft brewing, uh, there's a use for Pete's product, the bulk herbs, and spices, and tasted a couple of things already, and it's amazing what will go into spirits and in beer. We're going to talk about the spirits today. Kane's uh, come up with some nice, uh, unique items, but we'll go through the process and uh, how these two businesses relate as far as supplying its a it's a B2B type thing, but also the use for your herbs and botanicals in Distilled spirits. After all, flavored vodkas are out there and all kinds of uh, interesting things. Gin, obviously the first flavored vodka, if you think about it. And we'll find out what Kane does, how he works his magic with uh, Pete's product. Morning, Pete. How are you? Good,
1: Bill. How are you doing?
0: All right, Kane. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you.
1: Same here, Bill.
0: So, um, distilling. What made you get into that, Kane? get into the distilling business?
2: Um, well, the, the story is kind of simple. We were around a campfire, like many good ideas, and uh, <laughs> had a few too many and said, let's figure out how to make some liquor for ourselves. And uh, that was the inception of what is now Skunk Town Distillery.
0: So was it started as a hobby thing, just for your own it use? It
2: almost a personal uh, challenge between two friends of, hey, can we uh, can we make this happen? Can we figure out how this all comes together and, and makes a good product in the end.
0: Okay. Um, I guess a lot of good ideas start that way, right? Exactly. And, Pete, from your end of it, you were the one that brought Kane here. How does your spice business relate to the distilling business?
1: Well, it's an interesting story. I was at one of the LEEDS um, meetings, and I was uh, talking to uh, Ann Thornton, and uh she, we were discussing uh, where you could use herbs and spices, and she said, you know, I've uh, I've been to the Skunk Town distillery. And she said, they, you know, that might be a, a good place to uh, to go see if they're interested in herbs and spices. And, and really I had no idea. I, I guess I did have an idea, but it just didn't click. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, just looking into it, it you know, Distilling and brewing, too. The two use quite a, a bit when it comes to herbs and spices.
0: So, Kane, uh, basically on distilling now, do you use your t- – t- there's two types of stills out there. If you uh, explain it to the listeners, the, the column still and the pot still, what's sure, the difference? Sure, sure,
2: column still and a, and a pot still. I'll call them a reflux still and a, and a pot still. Um, the, the really the, – the difference is um, – what product you're going to make and what proof you're going to get off of the still. So a reflux still is continually um, vaporizing and condensing the alcohol as it climbs through a tall column. Uh, That ends up putting off a product that can be in the range of 190, 195 proof alcohol, which is the the requirement by the feds for, for vodka.
0: That's for your clear spirits. You want that higher proof
2: yeah, well, it's it's um, for a flavorless spirit. Flavorless, So the right. higher proof, the more pure the the alcohol. And when you um, come off
0: at one hundred forty proof, it's more with the.
2: It's got more amino acids, more flavors in the it. The congeners that, are, that they call exactly, the flavor the elements that are they're coming off of a pot still, which is a more simplistic and a lower lower temperature, lower proof still.
0: Okay, so you're so say when you're doing vodka. So uh, when people say triple distilled vodka.
2: Yes, I, I love to hear these things. Um, I'll I'll be quite honest, and I do it in the tasting room many times. That's a marketing term. For for me personally, being in the industry, um, when you say... Triple distilled, 99 times distilled. Um, there's no way, unless you're sitting in that distillery and watching every single batch, that you can confirm that that thing is being run and then taken off and rebatched into a brand new run. And when you're getting into large commercial sized distilleries, they're not even doing batch distilling. They're just doing continuous run distilling that never shuts the continuous down. Continuous still, yes. Yeah. So, so. <clears throat> Refluxing multiple times is a matter of calculation and once you get into calculations it becomes a marketing term in my mind It's I, I could say something easily but I'll say I put it through my still enough that I get it off as vodka and as vodka that you're going to appreciate
0: as long as it's, long as it's at that right proof I mean by doing it over again Are you going to get? Are you going to get anything better? No,
2: you're not going to get that much better. That's why. Whether you if you have to distill something 110 times to get vodka off of a still, um, come on over and I'll teach you how to use your still a little better because we can (laughs) save you some energy, you know.
0: So, but but you do use a pot still for other for
2: for our whiskeys and our rums. We do use a pot still, and then for our vodka, we use a um, a reflux or a column. And that's
0: where you take, as as far I understand the. uh, it's in thirds, kind of the first third you set aside, you take the middle third and then the last third, those two, yeah, first and third get redone?
2: That's correct. There's uh, what we call heads, then we call hearts, which is the actual alcohol that you'll drink, and then the tails, which have a whole bunch of mini- amino acids. And The tails and the heads, they're not exactly one-third, um, but they're a proportion... Well, that's for the distiller to find out, too. You've got to Exactly, and, and the still. You have to work with the still and really get tuned in. Like so that's really the, the
0: craft part of it, there, yes. with the pot distilling. So and when you're making gin over there I'm just you know curious so you're gonna still distill your gin the high proof off the column still. We're
2: essentially going to use our vodka base um, because it has to be a neutral spirit and then after that we're we're going to actually infuse it in some of the spices because we're using some really mild spices in some cases that just wouldn't come through through a gin basket getting distilled The gin it. head, right. So you yeah.
0: normally you would distill it again and let the heat, the vapor go right through extract. the
2: spices and extract on the way which is a, a perfectly fine way of doing gin. Another way is to soak directly in the spices that you want to have the right flavors of. So we do a combination to get the ideal product.
0: Because that's what they used to call bathtub gin, right? Yeah, when you yeah. just you took that really gin lousy, bad tasting alcohol, and they had to color it up a little bit, and mm-hmm. you had your you know cut it with the water, and it was in a bathtub apparently, because that's how you could. The bottles were too tall to fill, so you had to scoop it out of a tub, right? That's I was reading the, the history of it.
1: I was reading something, too, that I thought was interesting. They were saying that if you do make your own types of liqueurs or, or uh, spirits, um, you can't start with bad vodka, they say, because uh, the flavors won't cover up bad vodka. So you, you, you have to start off with quality to make good quality flavored products. I'm not sure. That's it, true. That's true. It, there's,
2: there's always... Cheap ways to get uh, cheap vodka to taste better, you know. Throw any cheap, you know, gallon bottle of vodka through a Brita a couple of times. You're going to start getting it tasting better, but it's never going to get to a premium vodka because it was never distilled right.
0: So that's so. You say I'm talking before the show. You use potato as your base, which that's correct. a lot of people for years assumed your Russian vodka, oh, and the Polish vodka is all they have to be made from potatoes. Well, they don't have to be, but that is wherever your starch that can you get sugar out of you correct. can use right, That's like uh, what Tito's is corn based. Corn based,
2: yep. There's grain. Liberty out of Philadelphia uses grain, uh, rye grain for their for their vodka. So the only thing that separates vodka from any other liquor out there is the proof at which it comes off the still. If it comes off at 190 proof or higher, it can be called vodka or a neutral spirit at that point in time. So you can make it out of anything, but there's obviously preferences, and they give they lend themselves even at that high proof to very minute flavor changes and character changes of the liquor.
0: And then so about 40% of the product after that is what water you're diluting it with down to bottle strength.
2: Oh, if you think about it, so a wash that we make or a mash that we make, it's almost like making a beer, right? You add all your spices and all the rest of your ingredients, and then you ferment it. Uh, A normal beer comes off at about uh, 4 to 6, maybe 8, maybe 10% for a real good IPA. Right. Um, And and that's going to be the cap of your beer because of the health of the yeast, um, that's going on in your fermentation capsule. We have a different strain of yeast, so we can actually bring ours up to about 17%. If you think about it, that's alcohol by volume, which means when I distill it, if I distilled it perfectly out of 100 gallons I'm distilling, I'm only getting 17 gallons of alcohol, and really right. that's not what I'm getting. I'm getting about 12 to 15 because of just mixing and loss. So,
0: All right, we're going to uh, pursue that. We've got a break for a couple of messages here from local sponsors. and. Uh Find out about the fascinating world of distilling <laughs> Chef Bill's Table. Have you had enough of mine? Are you reeling in the yeast? You're listening to WHCR-DB,
2: inchamberradiocom Brought to you by the Hunterdon County Chamber of Commerce, the voice of business.
0: All right, we're back at Chef Bill's table here talking with Kane and Pete about distilled spirits and uh, how to make them and how we can spice it up, right, Pete?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So, um, for something like gin, gin implies juniper. I guess by law it has to, has to have contain juniper, juniper is yes. the main flavoring agent, but yes. there's many other things that might go in there, right?
1: Yes, yes. Angelica goes in there sometimes. Angelica.
0: Yep. And um what would be um is would bitter orange peel be something Pete that you would sell also the dried orange peel? Sure. Uh
1: you see that in vodka sometimes, the orange flavored vodka? Uh you also they also use it in Benedictine, uh, the liqueur that Benedictine? is. Benedictine,
0: yeah. Well, that's another one that's got tons of them in there.
1: And uh, Triple Sec
0: is another liqueur that uses uh that's Yeah, that's primarily orange. Yeah. So, Kane, with your, um, have you ever made um, distilled spirits from uh, hard cider?
2: Uh, not from hard cider exclusively, no.
0: Because uh, it was a uh, Beacon Skiff Farms up uh, south of Syracuse. They were an old apple orchard family, made cider. Then another generation started hard cider, and now they're distilling, and they do vodka and gin from the apple base. Mm-hmm. And it's... Pretty neat because the vodka, although it's flavorless, still has a little apple in the nose there.
2: Yeah, we're we're actually doing something very simpler, a simple um, similar. Sorry, this weekend coming out with a peach shine. Um, so it's Jersey fresh peaches, little nice. source that we wow. hand peeled, hand pitted, mashed down. Uh, it's finally done fermenting, and we're running it tomorrow. So uh, very
0: similar. Yeah, and would you now do? Would you spice that with anything? No, it's, it's just going to be the wonderful, It's
2: It's almost going to be like a vodka with a nice peach aftertaste.
0: And if you were to make gin out of that, you would have to you would have to have the juniper.
2: Yeah, well, if a, if I were to make uh, gin out of it, the first thing I'd have to do is I'd have to distill it much higher, so it came off as a neutral spirit or grain spirit, one ninety, okay. and then after that, I have to put it in with juniper and then a mix of many other things, some other spices that you didn't mention. Um, um, cardamom that's a very uh frequent black pepper believe it or not
0: oh Um, definitely (laughs) coriander
2: uh buddha's hand um there's there's a lot of different things that people are using um we have one distillery in jersey city that's coming out with an earl gray gin using earl gray tea and juniper So, uh, the the gin world with the craft uh, distillery world is really booming.
0: Oh, it's bouncing back big time. Because gin was, uh, you know, vodka just kind of displaced it for years. Latest
2: latest federal numbers are that we're opening in a nation a distillery or something distilled spirit um, related one per day across the nation. Well, just like the breweries did, it, you know. (laughs) Exactly, 15, 20 years ago. And that that boom is happening, so people are going to be introduced to a different type of spirit that they're not used to where they don't know what to call it necessarily. Uh, Our apple pie moonshine, which we make with pizza, cinnamon sticks tastes yeah. really amazing. It's made from rum and vodka combined, but it just blends to such an amazing sp- space that you don't So taste you have those. your two
0: base liquors. But they and both
2: start at 140 proof, really high proof. And then we bring them down with the mixture that you tasted earlier, mm-hmm. and it tastes like a liquefied apple pie with a wonderful cinnamon spice at the end. And that's that's what craft distilling is about. Like any craft industry, we're going to change the rules a little bit and, and make you think outside the box. And uh, we can't do it without a great spice
0: base. Yeah, people are looking for more flavor in things. I think you know. Yeah. I, I, I never you know the clear you know the clear distillate fine. You want vodka to be flavorless, but now flavored vodkas. I you talk about one a day as distillers, we we get probably one a week comes out from the mass producers. Somebody's always coming up with a new flavor of vodka.
1: You know, it's interesting. I was reading something along the lines of, of uh, flavoring um, spirits, and, and it turns out that uh, historically when, when spirits got started uh, – people were flavoring with all kinds of stuff. And what happened was someone said, well, okay, enough is enough. We have to define what gin is. We have to define... And they start cutting stuff out and said, you can't use this, you can't use that. You have to use this. And what's happening, it seems, is people are saying, well, you know, why do we have to just stay within the box uh, what, what the standard was, you know, was created to be? And this probably happened a lot in the 18th century and the 19th century... And, and they say, let's experiment. And I, I see that in, in, in uh, Skunk Town, where they're experimenting.
0: Well, at least in, in the United States, product identity is the big thing with the name, especially the food world. You know, something is called ketchup, it implies that it's made with tomatoes and this. and that, You know, you, you just say the word ketchup... And it is what the name says it is. It's
1: got a legal definition. And
0: just like we talked with the gin, So winemakers are going through the same issues with the the classifications, what grapes you can grow. The New World doesn't care because they don't have those long traditional rules. Correct. And now the Old World wineries, they're, they're starting to bend a little bit too because you want to compete. So, your wines that would never, grapes that would never be allowed to be a classified wine, for example, in, in Burgundy might now, somebody might say, you know, the heck with it, I'm, I don't care about, I don't want to plant Pinot Noir, I want to plant something else. I'm not going to call it Burgundy, I'll call it just red wine. Yeah, and and we're also learning that, um, look
2: at the local wineries around here. They're making excellent wines, uh, very table-ready wines that you don't have to challenge for. So you're not just looking for California and Italy for these great wines. You can now say... Hunterdon County is proud to have a local winery that's making exceptional wine that we would love to put on our table. And I think with the two breweries in town and with the distillery, we're complete. We can fill out your entire liquor cabinet without leaving the county.
0: Well, you know what's nice is uh, the, this return to local product also. Yeah. And the craft distilling and brewing is allowing us. And we have a coffee roaster near here now. Beverages, you know, I mean, it was always, you know, closer to the home is better. You're using product that probably, you know, well, let's say barley, for example, which is a lot of your whiskey bases. Mm-hmm. Barley's kind of a, isn't it a cover crop,
2: More mostly? Yep, it's, good for, it's good yeah.
0: for the soil. You should actually do barley instead of throwing, you know, corn in the ground every year and, and and killing the soil. We could get back to a little rotation, but now you have an outlet for that barley. Correct, correct. Because yes. and then okay your product. brewers yeah. and distillers could use that. Would you work with a brewer <laughs> taking... Maybe um, the brewers do they buy the the mash they buy the malt a lot of times.
2: Um, some of them do, but I know both of our local ones they make it themselves out of local um, ingredients. But we are working together with both of them, so we're we take our our oaked rum that with the chips that we oak it on, and then we give it to them, and they put it in their stout beer, oh, and they finish it with a yeah. stout beer and things like that. And they're working. Uh, one of them <laughs> is working on giving me an IPA that I can then distill and see what happens with that. So it's it really. It well, I really saw
0: they is, had a they had a. Um, with their beer. They, have whiskey, they have a whiskey cask over there in their... Uh,
2: yes, they Little do. ...Lone Eagle yeah. does.
0: They were putting some there because that's mm-hmm. another thing now. Um, you're coming up with your... We tried that at the... the uh, you're calling the moonshine, the apple pie, but crafted cocktails now. Yeah. Just like you get a keg of beer. Wineries now, if you're near a winery, you get a nice keg wine. You save the bottling. It's recyclable, reusable, um, and cocktails the same way. So you get consistency. It's all mixed and. Put your herbs, botanicals, you've got your oak, whatever you want to, say, in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh, hmm. I was thinking, you know, I was going to ask you, you should make your own, uh, would you make a bottled martini with a bunch of botanicals that was already maybe 50, 60 proof, about, you know, the proof of a good cocktail. Right. And ready to go. Just it's, keep it cold. It's certainly
2: possible. It's, it's where places are going. Some places are starting. And we do, uh, with our apple pie moonshine you tried and a ginger beer, we make a skunk town mule. Okay, uh, so canning, canning that would be very
0: easy, you know. Uh, so when you start, yeah, when you when you breaking you know, thinking outside the box a little bit, you have so much more freedom. Yes, you yes, know, sure. chefs are doing it with food. You know, you still need your base though. If you didn't know how to properly distill, none of this would matter. That's correct. You can't just go off and say, "Oh, I'm going to just and, and make you know less than desirable things." Just like with herbs and spices, what Peter said. You know, you can you can get the stuff that's sitting on the shelf or. Regional years.
1: cuisine is always about what grows locally, yes, and so by the same token, you know distilling regional distilling is about what's available locally, and uh, you know that, that it shouldn't have to be something that's not available and you have to bring it in uh, that's that's how you get variation is each each area uses the ingredients indigenous to the area and they come up with their own. Spin on vodka or uh, rum or whatnot. And the same with foods. You know, like um, you have uh, how many kinds of curries are there? You know, because the base is the same. They use the cumin, they use coriander, whatever. There's some consistency. But 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 then uh, the the minor components that kind of take the overall flavor in a certain spin are indigenous to that area where that particular curry comes from.
0: And we're discovering that as we get more aware. And, you know, it used to be our curry powder was just, all right, that's Indian food, just like, uh, <laughs> you know, chop suey was Chinese food. <laughs> as long as it has soy sauce in it and ginger, then it's Chinese. And, of course, you find out, well, Italian food is like that. When I started, you know, early on, um, everybody thought of just, you know, the spaghetti houses. <laughs> but you start exploring all the regions. Of every region oh, yeah. is different. It's, yeah. The wines are different. The food's different. So, yeah, the freedom that we have, but also you need the discipline of good technique, which 100%. you're saying is, you know, um, funny, you mentioned that the chips for the aging. So this was probably the point of contention that people wineries have. and uh, So aging in barrels yes. is um, like Scotch whiskey, 15-year, 20-year, mm-hmm. hundreds, thousands of dollars a bottle because you have loss, you have your money tied up. Correct. So you're a proponent of doing something a little bit quicker.
2: I, I'm a proponent of both. I'm a proponent of what works for business, um, and, and you're going to see a lot of craft distilleries. They start out with wood chips, um, oaking on chips, things like that, um, to get your first one, two years' worth of business running. Okay. And then you come out with a premium product that's, you know, you, you also, it's very tough when you're opening any new business to say, here's my premium product, unless you've done a ton of marketing, have oodles of money behind it and and everything like that. It's tough to come out with an $80, $90 bottle of liquor uh, straight out of the gate um it's much you've easier. got to build a little bit of trust first exactly right? and that's and that's why we came out a lot of people have even asked us you know tito's does vodka why do you guys do more than vodka because right now we have uh six products we're about to launch our seven i
0: was surprised when pete said your account i went to your site like, wow these guys are working here yeah yeah you know? but it's
2: it, it's one of those things where um you know it, it was a fun thing for us we had fun with it and because we had fun with it we didn't put it down it didn't stall um we just kept being uh you know very um artistic in in our approach and and it created wonderful products that were were new. They were different enough that people could say this was definitely from Hunterton County or definitely from Skunk Town. It's not on-the-shelf vodka. Um, And so why stop if we have that success? Why limit ourselves to a a vodka or a rum? Because most families have rum drinkers, vodka drinkers, gin drinkers. So if we can cover them with a quality product, then we're going to. If we can't, then we're not going to release the product. Because one thing that, that... Having grown up and lived my whole life in Hunterdon County, quality is the number one thing to to all of our our people that live here and do business here. So that's what we're going to put out is is good quality, um, and it's been successful so far.
0: Yeah, the and the other um, thing I find was I, I remember when we had the smokehouse in town, Jugtown Mountain Smokehouse. I used to buy stuff from them. Then they got they outgrew their facility, and then distribution seems to be the big stumbling block. I know for the mm-hmm. brewers, the wineries. Besides the legal aspect of it, we have a three-tier system here in New Jersey. But producers, you know, you're allowed to sell directly.
2: As as craft distillers and liquor uh, and and brewers also, they can do direct uh, distribution. So we do direct distribution uh, right now, and we're succeeding, and we're growing our sales force. So we, we keep on going. We haven't hit our ceiling yet.
0: And that's why are you allowed to ship um, the? We can't carrier? ship,
2: but we do work with a few liquor stores locally that do have um, the right permits to ship globally. So they can do it. Okay. So they yeah. can do it. Yeah, on our behalf, basically, and we drive our customers to those.
0: People. So what you find is, you know, of course, you're you're new, but once you're here and you get your tradition, your people will leave the area and still want that product from their local area. Yes, pork you know. roll, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm from Syracuse. I'll still buy a Hoffman hot dog. They, you know, Wegman's has them because they're based, you know, out of Rochester. Mm-hmm. But I'll seek those products that I grew up with.
2: Yeah, and I, I learned a great lesson when I was younger. I, I grew up in Surgeonsville, uh, which is originally called Skunk Town. If anybody, any of the listeners, that's didn't where the know, name comes. That's from. where okay. the name comes from. That was and one of my questions. I was okay, gonna <laughs> and 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 you might know, being in the world of of foods, um, there was a great butcher shop down there called Marescas, owned by two brothers, originally owned by their father. And you would actually go there were stories in in new york times and, and and high quality magazines of people would go to virginia and know the taste of maresca's meat and say this is from that butcher shop up in surgeonsville new jersey isn't it so yeah they'll move out but they'll still keep that connection and other people will will start to bring it that's that's the organic growth of, of business
0: yeah and and what you're doing now and you're and again not being hamstrung by a corporation or anything you can come up with wild combinations, right?
2: Yeah, one, one of our business plans that was, was really key to our success and is very unique in the distiller's world, there's about 14 distilleries now in New Jersey that are open, um, and almost every single one of them is a retired millionaire that uh, decided to have a new project. <laughs> we're one of the first bootstrappers where we went with as few number of investors as possible. Uh, we retained all control so that we could make the decisions and make sure that we didn't get indebted so that we're just growing on top of our success rather than trying to dig out of a hole. And uh, it's we've already expanded our tasting room once in the six months wow. that we've been open. And uh, we're in talks to see if we can expand it more in, in 2018.
0: So you, you, you're having no trouble selling your product?
2: Not, not at all. Actually, we've had about three or four weeks in a row where we, we sold out of almost every one of our products and had to scramble all week long and, and schedule everything so it would all ferment and, and distill on time So and work with Pete to make sure he's got products <laughs> so that he's not holding us up.
0: Oh, I can't see that happening. Not on my side. No way, right? No way. Well, Pete's got a, he's got, a, he's got a nice warehouse full of have uh,
1: Absolutely. I've got, I've got a warehouse full and a truck that I can fill real quick. So.
0: <laughs> Humidity control and temperature <laughs> control. Temperature control. Right? control. Right? Yeah, it's all you know, and people don't realize, you know, every step along the way, especially with a craft product, the product's been taken care of a little bit better than maybe the mass. Quantities.
2: Uh, we're, we're way above even that bar. We hand-peel every one of our potatoes for our vodka. We have an apple-coring machine, and we spin it so we can watch every single thing that goes into our product. The only two machines in our entire distillery is the um, food-grade pump to move the mash into the mm-hmm. distillery and the uh, FDA-approved bottling machine. Everything else is done by hand, labeling, capping. So you're bringing
0: in your base product. You're fermenting yourself.
2: We're bringing our water in on the backs of trucks and tanks from farms down in Delaware Township, so it's aquifer water.
0: That was every one of my questions. Batch. What's your water source? Because
2: yep. every single batch is from you the know, farm. wine down wine,
0: you area. don't. Beer and spirits, you need a lot of water.
2: Yeah. no, we manage it all, and then the wastewater, as much as we can bring back and irrigate back into the farms yeah. where we get our peppers and our, our other you know ingredients from. We work with it.
0: Yeah. See that whole ecosystem thing, yes. right? And that's what because uh, businesses, big business, to be efficient, of course, they use everything. But sometimes the cost of using it may exceed the benefit. Correct. You know, if, uh, like factory farming, they say, like, all right, you know, we, we need the, the fertilizer, but we don't need it all in one place. I, and I do know.
2: believe that we're starting to see in in the uh, greater economical world that people are realizing that that worked for the bottom line, but it didn't work for the long-term sustainability of our entire country. And we need to go back to something that's more eco-conscious and sustainable. And that's why we even go as simple as using all electric, so that we can eventually upgrade to solar and, and not have to or have get added. off the fossil fuels. Yeah, yeah, get off the fossil fuels. And and if we're and, and I'm really working with the state and with Hunterton County to see if we can be considered an agricultural Practice because George Washington did it. It's it was an agricultural practice back in the day, and, sure. and we feel it should be considered and and utilized as such, and be out in farms where people can appreciate you know the Garden State and and what it's all about and what it can produce in in our new era.
0: Yeah, and I, well, you know, the new ones, the, uh, the the new factory farms, the, the actually factories that are the hydroponic places now. I mean, those are very sustainable, and that's yes. something where technology and Old school can kind of come together, correct, and try to get the best of both, mm-hmm. and um, bringing food closer to where the market is. Yes. So, um, yeah, it was the the water I was going to. Um, oh, um, the sugar content of your the ma- I'm going to call it your mash. Sure. Right? Does that matter much when you're distilling?
2: It it does. Um, It doesn't matter. I mean, it it matters in a distillery. It doesn't matter when we're distilling. Um, It matters in fermentation. And brewer will say the same thing. So your sugar is your yeast food. So how much sugar you have in there is how much alcohol you'll result. And um, it's not one of those more is better because at some point in time, sugar will actually either get so over-consumed by the – or yeast will get over-consumed by the sugar content that they can't – survive, they can't produce, reproduce, or they've eaten and reproduced and created so much alcohol or ethanol that they've created an environment they can't live in, and so they die, and the leftover sugar turns to like a, a bacterial stale flavor. And so you have to get just the right amount for what you anticipate your yeast to consume, turn into alcohol at just the right amount so that it doesn't stress the yeast or hurt anything because that all translates to flavors in the final product. All right. Yeah, because
0: I know the wines are normally that 14 to 16% of the yeast. Above that, the wine yeast get killed
1: mm-hmm.
0: because too much alcohol. Correct. And then you've got the bacteria that take your, say, your grain-neutral spirits and make vinegar. That's another set Correct. that survives on that and turns the and uses the alcohol as the food. Mm-hmm. People don't realize you're harnessing nature. I mean, it's bacteria, yeast, yep. and uh, that's your that's your employees, right? Yeah, Most I mean, of <laughs> at some
2: of the original uh, some of the original breweries they didn't even introduce yeast. Um, Truun down in Hopewell to this day. Uh, my understanding I haven't been there, but I've heard a lot about it, and they they are supposedly using open vat. Um, fermentation. The, na- the natural but yeast, but there's a lot of there's a lot of craft brewers out there that are doing there that they just pick up the natural yeast that's in the air. They have a way to maintain it so it doesn't have a bacterial, in, you know, infestation.
0: Right, and you can't get a bad one in there. Right. Then, yeah. and then you,
2: and then you have your good beer. So. Well, there was a, I forget which hmm.
0: um, uh, Belgian brewery it was you know, one of the uh, monasteries, the uh, the abbeys or whatever, um, and they wanted to redo their roof, but the roof had all the the uh, spores Both from spores, the yeast. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't want to lose them, so they saved the inside and they put a new roof on, but they saved the old timbers or all that. They didn't want to lose that, that natural <laughs> yeast that they have. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, um, I think it's in England, there's a the storage place for all these yeasts that brewers, bakers... That there's samples of in case something happens, like say that you know, say your distillery goes down with a fire, and you've got a strain of yeast you've been using. And there's, I guess, there's a bank somewhere you can. They all have labs. These places,
1: they, they, you know, any, any, especially if they're big, they all have their own labs. They, they, they take uh, their yeast strains, and they probably have them in, uh, in tubes in liquid yes. nitrogen, yep. and they're. Uh, you know, they, those things are, uh, are quite common that, uh, you know, you, that's the bread and butter for them, so they can't afford to lose
2: that. An interesting topic, um, much like you said, where local locality changes your flavor in spices and in everything, there's a lot of craft yeast um, huh. developers and, and strain growers. There's a guy, East Coast Yeast, over in Hillsborough. And he maintains his own locally sourced yeasts and other So that spawned another business. Give, because all those give unique flavors to your beers right. and your wines and your alcohols. And so, yeah, it's going to create new businesses of what local yeasts can be used.
0: Yeah, and that's, well, even, again, I, I'll go uh, to wines. Uh, when They talk about toar with the uh, you know the whole combination of climate and the earth and all that. And how much minerality comes in through the water and the roots and... And one school of thought is that really the yeast is probably as much a factor as anything on the flavors of what you're doing. I mean, yes, it's, you've, got, you've got to grow your good base product, but then once done afterwards, what does it age in? Is it French oak? Is it American oak? Is it chips? Is it, uh, you know, a combination? You know, wineries are always changing from you got an old barrel, you got a new barrel the um, well, Scott's always like the uh, the used Jack Daniels. They have that symbiotic relationship there with the scots and the uh, Jack Daniels. But they're starting to put stuff now. They're double aging. They're doing the bourbon and they're finishing in port or sherry wood. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, probably before bourbon was being made, they were probably those. That was probably what scots was aged in anyway, right? Probably. Maybe in a wine cask because that's what was there. It was port and it was sherry. Those were the wines that were shipped. Mm-hmm. The fortified wines. So, yeah, it's. Um,
1: yeah, we know what's sort of interesting about it is, is uh, you know, like you were saying with the craft yeast. Uh, I mean, the, all yeast are, are going to convert sugar into ethanol. Uh, that's that's basic, but the the character of of each particular species or subspecies of the yeast has to do with uh, the byproducts that they manufacture as well okay, and that 's where the character of the of the uh, flavors change um, for instance uh, a lot of times the byproduct of certain metabolism might be um, small um, amino acid chains or you know parts of protein um, sometimes they called oligopeptides or and uh they Pizza chemist, you knew that, right? Gonna, this is what happens when a chemist <laughs> talks about no, well, the yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> you, you can take the chemist out of the lab, but you can't take the lab out of the chemist. What can I say? But but um, those are the those are the things that give you the the flavors, uh, the, the characteristic flavors, and a lot of them are very similar to a lot of different kinds of, uh, of varieties of, of a subspecies of yeast. And sometimes it's just a matter of how the ratios of, of how they're produced change. So so that's that's really the character. I mean, they they all make ethanol. That's that's a given. If they didn't, right. you wouldn't be using them. Right. It's 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 just you know if you're saying this tastes like this or this tastes like this regional area, that has to do with the byproducts that's From also being From the native formed. yeast. That's the, those are the additional minor flavor components that make the difference.
0: So that is really the towar. Then is you know the yeast is yeah absolutely a big part of that.
2: It's, it's not just yeast. It's a big. It's a it's a as much of a flavor ingredient as whether I'm using molasses or sugarcane or yeah. potatoes.
0: Yeah, and your rum now Do you use molasses. Molasses, certainly?
2: yes, molasses and cane sugar. You know, There's I'm curious. No,
0: no corn syrup, right? <laughs> no. No. As a matter of
2: fact, even with our mixed drinks, uh, we were using another brand of ginger beer that we loved. Um, but we we realized quickly it was made with high-fructose corn syrup, and so we nixed it and went with a different ginger beer because if we're going to take the time to hand-peel potatoes, yeah. might as well take the time to
0: think about everything <laughs> else
2: we're making a drink with.
0: Yeah. So, some, of, some of the parts, right?
1: Yeah. I was just wondering, you know, maybe you can, for a couple of minutes, talk about, the different products you are making now, and maybe some of the things you're imagining. If, okay, if you let's. Um,
0: I'm going to break for a couple of messages, and then yeah, the great way to wind down here and uh, get the lineup here from Kane Fowler at Skunk Town Distillers.
2: You're listening to WHCRDB. db 100inchamberradio.com. Brought to you by the Hunterdon County Chamber of Commerce, the voice of business.
0: All right, we're winding down, getting close to the hour. With Kane and Pete here, we're going to ask Kane about a couple of his innovations here, little twists on things. We saw a couple of things before came came into the studio, but
1: we drank a few
0: too. <laughs> Pete, you're not supposed to say that. We tasted.
2: You tripped and landed with your mouth on the. Cup. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's
0: research. So, what are we making, and how to and and. Use some of Pete's products and uh.
2: yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, our full line right now um, that's available is a regular vodka, potato vodka, as we mentioned. Um, then we take that and we actually enhance it by adding uh, the Carolina Reaper pepper, which is one of the hottest peppers in the world. It's grown on my farm down in Delaware Township, just outside Surgeonsville. Um, we temper it so that it's actually appeasable to the masses. It's something that you can put in a, a Bloody Mary. Um, and still have the character and the heat of the pepper without getting the full force. Wow. Um, we then take that as an example of what we do in our distillery, and we merged it with coconut water and a couple of olives. And we call it the Skunk Town Original uh, Island Volcano. And uh, it's been so well received that uh, the Surgeonsville Inn now serves it, and a couple other local uh, restaurants and bars are working on, on highlighting that. Um, So that's that's a great example of who would ever think to take a real spicy vodka, put it in a spicy pepper, put it in with vodka, and mix it with coconut water.
0: But coconut water, okay. um, Yeah, I was going to say sometimes because fat will help ease the.
2: Yeah, they just they, they play off of each other, so you have the, the, the well, coconut start with a nice We well, think of
0: Thai cuisine would you know... Exactly. <laughs> Very similar, milk.
2: yes. Coconut with spice.
0: So do you post the recipes on your We do. Website? We have a
2: lot of our things up on the website. See, and that's
0: kind of what drives, because that's, uh, well, the... Uh, what was it? The Moscow Mule was from somebody trying to use up ginger, ginger beer, beer, right? Yeah, The guy, the story was he got stuck, he had some ginger beer and some vodka, took over this place, had to get rid of it, and put it together and... You know, said Moscow because it was Russian. I guess it's Stolichnaya. Yeah, it was the original. Yeah, it's funny, but yeah, the, the cocktail will drive Definitely. those sales
2: hundred percent. So, um, so we also has, uh, have a silver rum or a regular rum. We have an oaked rum, which um, you both tripped into earlier. Um, and the uniqueness about that is it's unlike a spiced rum or a dark rum. It's colored, um, but it's actually rum that's been finished with um, heavily charred oak chips. So you and char the oak first. So we char the oak chips What's first. What's the reason for then, that? Um, so it's any any wood barrel that you would soak in, you would actually char the inside first. Yeah. Um, you do it with what
0: I know bourbon has to, right? The yeah. Charred and first.
2: and it's, it creates a charcoal lining, okay. which becomes, a, in essence, a filter. Yes, yeah. yeah, and, and it filters some of those in Okay, all right. Yeah, it's a the layer of activated carbon. So that's that's what we do, but it also imparts a, a flavor. And in ours, it's wonderful because it's a campfire type of a rum. It's a, a smoky, a slight sweet, some people said burnt marshmallow kind of a yeah, flavor Yeah, there's some more it. thing, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so straight around the drink, uh, straight around the fire pit, but you can also throw it in with, as you said, a ginger beer and make it great dark and stormy with a slight whiskey flavor to it. And coffee. Yeah, definitely. You want to flavor I'll, coffee put, with it? I'm a distiller. I'll put it in anything. It's okay. <laughs> um, so the two rums, and then we have um, the apple pie moonshine. Um, again, tripped into that. So that's a yeah, that apple concentrate, great. some great liquor, um, maple syrup, brown sugar, and cinnamon sticks. And if that doesn't make your mouth water, then stop by. Well, the, the right time of year room. for it now. You oh, definitely. It's going to carry all the way through the end of the year because it, it goes great on vanilla ice cream. It'll go great into something that's pumpkin flavored. And then it's at the end of the year we throw it into some eggnog
0: and it's just it's That's like right one. for oh, the yeah, 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 that's a good idea Yeah, so have to try that, my wife likes She's always trying to find the one thing to put in eggnog and I mean, that might be it That should be she the likes, trick It's got all those nice uh, spices. Uh, Absolutely. Apple pie and spices.
2: Especially the cinnamon spice from Pete yeah. in Black
0: River. Which cinnamon do you use in that? <laughs> Pete and I had a cinnamon The one that
2: he here. suggested to me to use. He okay. said, I know where you're going with the cr- this. The crunchy one or
0: the... the <laughs> he's using that?
1: pandang cinnamon. He's using okay. pandang cinnamon which is... Uh, those those are the, uh, uh, the cinnamon sticks that I've been providing to him. Okay. But we can we can certainly, if he's ready to experiment... We can go with selenese cinnamon, and we can go with uh, uh, Saigon cinnamon, and... uh you could—they all have their own flavor. I think. Yeah. So remember, we had. Yeah, Salis?
0: we had. that We were here crunching cinnamon we crunching sticks, <laughs> <the same time. laughs> and, and, and that—I uh, never knew there was. You know, I thought cinnamon was cinnamon. I was yeah.
2: just—don't tell the feds there's this many types of cinnamon. I don't want to have to get the approvals <laughs> on different different recipes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final one that we have right now is a Thatcher's rye whiskey. Um, so it's a rye whiskey named after a local farmer that was one of the founding fathers of Surgeonsville. Um, next, it's actually coming out after our Peach Shine that we mentioned earlier is um, a golden gin um, so it's going to be a composite gin or a bathtub gin if, if you'd like to give yeah. it the discredit <laughs> that it deserves um, and it really it's, it's finished nicely after a blend of I believe around 18 or 19 spices that we put into the thing to make it complete
0: and what do you – the name of it again was – It's going to be
2: Golden Gin because it's actually got a golden hue to it.
0: Uh, is that from the botanicals? Yes, or you, it's so from the botanicals So you're not going to do – what is it, Seagram's, I think, they, they age it a little bit or something? Yeah, or? no,
2: no, we're not going to do – there's a couple that are aging. There's a there's another one that does a honey gin. It's amazing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so we're – but definitely the spices. And then um, after that, uh, we'll probably start running out the rest of the year. And next year, uh, we may start playing with some tinctures. So that will be the next – Conversation of the, the spice world is. Yeah,
1: then making tinctures would be
2: really interesting. Oh, yeah, vodka-based okay. tinctures is a, is a whole Sorry, other... whole. so
1: you'll make
0: an, like the essence for them?
1: I won't make the tincture. I'll supply the spice. Yep. But he, and then they, the they can the make their own that'll tinctures. That'll be like your
0: concentrate? Correct. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's usually just an alcohol uh, right. uh, extract. Reserve,
2: reserve yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's right. cool. You know, I was just wondering that peach... Uh, um, Particular peach one though it might be even good with a little vin- vanilla in it. Vanilla, and I was, okay. And I was thinking, hey, I don't know. Yeah,
2: did, I think they they go together. But hey,
1: that's me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's, the yeah, beautiful yeah. thing with distilling is there's the the actual product and then there's the drink. And so you can go in a lot of different ways with them together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also that's true. Um,
0: like I say with apples, um, it's not really used as one of the botanicals or flavoring things. It's used more probably is the base mhm if yeah. you will
2: and and, and i think um, a lot of listeners are going to expect to hear a lot of apple things for sale this year uh, not necessarily through us but i know the apple farmers and talking to a lot of the farmers are um, they're going to have a great crop but it's not going to be an easily sellable crop because a lot of it got bruised in the hailstorms in the in the, oh. in the spring so a lot of people aren't jumping at the apples because they just look bruised but they're they're fine well all this time. is the
0: other problem with, you know, you want to talk about organic or local, I mean, you know, our government grading, we're taught that everything has to look perfect and nice, mm-hmm. and, you know, a couple of, I mean, well, we always said, well, if there's a worm, if the worm thought the apple was sweet enough, it must be ready, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't find half a worm in there, I guess you're good, <laughs> but, yeah, so, so, say Milix farm has an excess of, certainly produced cider, so. You know, you could go and say, "Hey, you know, there's a base for me. Hey, you got sugar, mm-hmm. you know, and it's already fermented for you. Off we go. You just throw it in the pot still and uh, come up with something. So, Correct. All right, we're going to wind down a little bit here. It's uh, have got a we've got a show after us, so we can't go over. But this has been fun. I tell okay. you, it's definitely the world of distilling and and how everything relates. I mean, you know, we're a restaurant, but restaurants are to us are food and beverages. We always call it. The ones that you know—I mean, it's tough. New Jersey licensing has now made it available, so you guys can start these things. A lot of it didn't happen because post-prohibition, everything was wiped out, and there was no—if there was nobody clamoring for the way to do it, there was no need. So Correct. a lot Correct. of it had been the legal uh, the, uphill the battle. The changes, here.
2: yeah, and thank. You know, regardless of where you sit, at least Governor Christie passed a law that allowed craft distilleries to come into existence in nice. in um, twenty fifteen. So real, real quick, us. where sure.
1: where in uh, Flemington besides your place can we get
2: Skunk Town? Oh, um, pounds? so uh, in the liquor stores you can get it at Little Brothers, Raritan Liquors. Yeah, John, uh, Johnny Joe. Yep, Bourbon Steve Street. Street is all in, those yeah. places. Um, and then uh, a lot of the local inns and restaurants, so Ryland Inn, Harvest Moon Inn, Surgeonsville
0: Inn, places like that.
2: But thank you for, guys for having me. I look forward to coming back.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll have another one. All right. Absolutely. Seth Bill signing off. We'll uh, talk to you in a week.